Hey, everybody out there. Thank you for checking out this week's edition of the Tuesday Special Podcast. I have a special guest, uh, like super professional wrestling fan with ties to professional wrestling. He's worked in the business and one of the overall coolest people. I'm sorry I didn't ask him if he'd grow a mullet or if he'd cut his hair into a mullet. I even talk about his lovely flowing hair, but is the one and only Johnny Smalls. If you're a PWX fan or if you're a PWX wrestler, you know him because he's been supporting us forever. He's worked with XWW. We get into that. We talk about a little bit about we have a, a common interest in craft beer and we just have a fun talk. I've been trying to put this thing together for at least a year now. I'm so glad it finally happened. So you, that's enough of me talking. Hope you enjoy this episode of the Tuesday Special Podcast with the one and only Johnny Smalls. What do you? What makes you drink? Do you like black iced coffee? Um, it's something I started doing recently. Just drinking the black coffee. Talking to it. Sorry, it's something I started doing recently. Uh, drinking the black coffee because uh, all I do is eat a bunch keto? of. Sh- no, not really, because <laughs> I eat terribly anyway, yes. so I'm just trying to cut out anything I can to the, help out. I started drinking, I drink black coffee at my shoot job, and uh, like the reason I started because of keto, and like anywhere else, I, I won't drink it. Like this is this is bougie triple shot mocha. I was all fancy. With whip. And Loaded with sugar and... Cinnamon topping. That's a Brian <laughs> thing. Cinnamon topping. He got it. He got me in New York when we were there for WrestleCon. Brian got me doing the cinnamon topping. Like, on stuff. I used to always drink the white chocolate mochas, mm. iced or hot, because they were just so good, but it was just so sweet. It was killing my stomach. And yeah. No, black coffee's good with you. I can't drink cold coffee. You don't I, drink hot coffee? I do. I can only drink it when it's hot. If it's hot, I'll drink iced coffee, but any other time, it's always uh, hot. The uh, I, I seriously, when, I, when we first scheduled this thing, for those of you watching, we've been trying to do this for like a year now. Yeah, it's been Roughly, a while. like around a year. So this is an accomplishment for us both, but uh, I was really I, I was really gonna bring like my favorite beer that they have out from Cabarrus for this, but then I realized we were doing it at eleven in the morning. Yeah, it was like on a Monday. And then I have side <laughs> with me, and it's a Monday. Yeah, and I was like, I don't I don't know. If that's the way we need to start the week off. I've actually got some of VCB in the fridge at the house. Do you yes. have you had the, any of their new ones? Like I have not. Dad game or mm-hmm. Dad game strong? Have you seen that one? Um, I have. Maybe. Is it the one with the... Uh, with the shoe on it? Yes. Yes. Um, they did I'm the a, commercial for it. I'm a real picky beer drinker because like, mm. I don't do the IPAs, the hoppy beers. I'm a... Why not? I don't like that bitter aftertaste on yeah, some of Yeah, but you have to... The way IPAs work is you find one that you love. And when you find one that you love, we call it... It's like a transition. Basically, do you have a transition craft beer that transitioned you from like Bud Light, Miller Light? Um, the first one I ever had was Noda Cavu. Oh, that's a good one. And because I've been in Charlotte, I've been in Charlotte going on ten years this year. Oh, where are you from? Uh, Arkansas, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Oh. Born and raised. When we, so, how old were you when you moved to Charlotte? Uh, twenty-one. I turned twenty-one in June two thousand ten, and I was here in August. What made you move to Charlotte? On a whim. Just Charlotte. Like that amazes me. Well, I knew some friends here that had lived here. They moved to Arkansas mm-hmm. to work for like a flooring company, and I gotcha. met them when I was still in high school and. And he's like, Charlotte's dope. Like, I came here with them a couple of times and was like, you know, the town I'm from is still like 70,000 people, maybe 80,000. Like, it's still real small. In Arkansas. 
Yeah. 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 Okay. But yeah, back. Yeah, back in Fayetteville. Yeah. And uh, and I have to remember that there's a Fayetteville here. Yeah. So you say from Fayetteville? They're like, oh, by the Army Town. I'm like, no, 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 no. Ozark Mountains, out west, Midwest, South, whatever you want to call it. What's the biggest difference of like North Carolina living in Charlotte or in Arkansas living? No beaches in Arkansas. No, no, because I mean it's landlocked. Yeah. But uh. Like, I grew up, like, not, like, in the mountains, like, country living, mm-hmm. but, you know, grew up right in the Ozarks, so, I mean, you know, we were in the mountains all the time. Hold on, you grew up in the Ozarks? Is it Arkansas where the Ozarks yeah. are? Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, like, Ozark the show? The uh, show? I don't know about the show. Well, no, no, is it based, is the Ozarks and the show based I, in Arkansas? Maybe. I'm not totally sure. I've never watched that show. Is there a lot of lakes? Yeah. Like, big lakes? Yeah, like, I grew up right by Beaver Lake. Uh. I don't know if it's, like, one of the biggest lakes or not, but, like, the road I grew up on dead end at the boat dock. To that lake. I wish I was more knowledgeable about Arkansas. I just know Clinton. That's all anybody knows is like Tyson's, Walmart, and Clinton. <laughs> and Razorbacks. Like and Razorbacks. And Razorbacks. Yeah. The So you moved to Charlotte at 21. Going to school or anything? No. Nope. Just just was like, I'm going to go to Charlotte. Yeah, just. That fascinates me because I've never, like I've always stayed around Charlotte. And my parents went to, like I could have done it easily because my parents moved to from here to Alabama, lived in like uh, San Antonio for a bit. Then they went to Alabama, or I'm sorry, not Alabama, went to Texas, lived in San Antonio for a bit, then went to Alabama, lived in Seguin, Alabama for a bit, and then came back here. And so I had every, it was when I was probably 23-ish, 23, 24-ish, and maybe earlier than that, maybe like 20. But like I had all the, all the, uh, all the pop uh, opportunities in the world to go somewhere else and experience it without having to come out of pocket for rent or or find a house or an apartment on my own yeah like i because i graduated in 2007 mm-hmm. and i didn't do much like yeah all jobs here and there did the flooring thing a little bit here and there mm-hmm. which is kind of like coasting along trying to do like as little as i could because yeah. you know i was I was still kind of partying at that time. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. you don't, you don't, details, of, but I feel like you don't get out of partying until like 25, 26 ish. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what happened. Cause yeah. I mean, around that time, like it was just, yeah, you have to live out. Even if you don't go to college, you got to live out this college life, that college. And that's template. That's what it four was. Years, it was, five it was years. a bunch of us, you know, late teens, early twenties. Yeah. In a big house together. And like, it was just, you know, every night was a party drinking oh, a yeah. lot, you know, and I've been there. The, uh, so, so there were just there wasn't a underlying reason that you just where you were just like I'm just gonna, I'm going to go to um, Charlotte and start a, start a new life. Well, I I first came here December 2008, mm-hmm. but I was only here for like a few months and was uh, just like, okay. I fell in love with it. Like I actually lived out in Indian Trail. Okay, with a friend. Yeah, but like we'd come in. You know, I worked in Charlotte. I worked off of Statesville Avenue. Okay, at a warehouse. Mm-hmm. And I was just like. I never, you know, the biggest city in, in Arkansas yeah. is Little Rock, and it's still like it's still like it's nothing mountain, compared to this. Little I mean, mountain it's town, just a little tiny thing. So. Mm-hmm. I just fell in love with the city, and in August, it's kind of weird. Uh, I was with a friend in Alabama, mm-hmm. and basically I got stranded. And it was I was literally stuck in between Arkansas and North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I called a friend here, and they're like, hey, we'll come pick you up. And I was like, I guess I'm starting my life in North Carolina. When I came That's here, wild. August 2010, I had a backpack full of clothes, and that was it. Really? Like, I, I literally, I probably had 100 bucks in my wallet, like, I literally came here with nothing. That's and crazy. Just basically, yeah. restarted my life because, like, I had gotten, like, very minor trouble, nothing, like, super serious. Yeah. But it was just... 
It's young stuff. I mean, it wasn't Everybody working out does. for me. I was coasting along, being a burnout, not doing anything. So I was yeah. like, fuck, let me, let me go. Let me go. Hit the reset button. Yeah. And start I can up. I custom and, here, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to keep I might call you a few but. times, but no, no, no. You're fine. <laughs> I, I, you just make me put an explosive on my, yeah, uh, like, Sorry, guys. On my <laughs> iTunes setting. But uh, but no, I, I don't mind. The I'll probably cuss before the end of this is over with, with some of the stuff we'll talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, so Arkansas... Because I don't as as much as we mean you've talked before, I, I don't know your backstory. You probably don't know my backstory, which mine doesn't like, matter. They hear they hear it all the time. Yeah. On here. But I'm that's interesting that it's like what what goes through your mind when like you're in that which I guess nothing. If I had if I had to guess what's going through your mind, I would think nothing like it's just like you just move forward. You just gotta keep moving forward. Exactly what it was. It was yeah. just, you know, when I when I moved here. Mm-hmm. It was just like, all right, like I got to restart my life. I got to yeah. get my life together. I've got to. Was it refreshing in a sense? It was. It of... really was because it felt like not necessarily like a weight had been lifted, but it mm-hmm. was just like I felt I could just start from scratch. I could like rebuild my life to what I wanted it to be, not go along with what everybody else was doing because that's, that's what, what it... I was trying to do. I was like, oh, this is what y'all are doing? Let yeah. me do that. Yeah. Let me just try to get in with this. And it just it wasn't working out. And. Weird opportunity happened, and I came here, mm-hmm. and like I, I still go home a few times. Yeah, see the folks and all that. So par- you say parents and family. Yeah, live, still of, live in Arkansas. All of them, except my little brother moved to Oregon for oh. a while. He moved oh. back recently. But, uh, the Arkansas Oregon yeah, transition right? is. <laughs> I can't just like he likes rain. he likes outdoors. <laughs> does he? He, do- he does. Yeah. Okay. He um. The, yeah, because. I, that's what I was going to say is that I feel like when people get stuck, especially at a young age, with a bunch of friends that really aren't heading anywhere, like you just continuously in that, stay in that circle. Because it was just the same thing over and over. Like I wasn't – Just like repeat. I wasn't repeat, progressing. Repeat, it was just yeah. the same, the same – or I'd restart and just get back to the same thing. Like I wasn't I – mo- I didn't have any motivation. Yeah. For whatever reason, it was I wasn't motivated to do anything. Do you think it's because you were stuck in like a small town and you – I feel like when you're stuck in a small town, it took me a long time to realize the possibilities of, or not really the possibilities, this is the right word, the fact that if no matter your skill set, no matter your mindset, no matter your background, no matter your race, no matter anything, if if you willingly want to do it, you can do whatever you want to do. And you have to, this is what I tell everybody, is you have to, you can't let, the world's guidelines of success determine whether you're successful at what Very you're doing true, or not. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? It does. And and it wasn't like like my parents weren't like pressuring me to go to college, do anything like certain. Yeah. They were you just wanted me to be happy, do what yeah. I wanted to do. So when I moved so you got here, good parents. I do. They they're great. Yeah. And when I moved here, like like my older sister got kind of mad mm-hmm. when I left because you know she kind of felt like I like abandoned yeah, everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, of it course. wasn't like that. It was like I just needed. I needed a fresh start. Yeah, you I needed still, you needed that to get your life yeah. in, in order. And coming here, I've had I've worked at a I won't say the name, but I've worked at a dog grooming salon mm-hmm. in Matthews for six years now. I bet that's fun though. Man, it's great. You love dogs. You're your dog. Them. You're a dog lover. Oh yeah, my uh, yeah, my boy will yeah. be seven next month. Nice. And I know, uh, like Brad put out that that thing on Facebook yes, yesterday. Yes, everybody posting their dogs. <laughs> everybody's and... posting a picture of their dogs. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so now we're you're in Charlotte. Uh, me and you know each other from professional wrestling. Yes. Um, I think, I believe, I felt like I knew of you before we met only because 
of an interaction, uh, interesting interaction that me and Manny had at one point in time when I owned my own company. That we that we've gotten over it, but that then I that got me attention, that turned my attention to WXW, is WXW right? XWW, XWW, Extreme XWW. World Wrestling, yeah, XWW. Yep. And uh, and you were one of the camera people. Um, or you did a lot of stuff, but I, I saw did, you yeah, I was, filming. Yeah, I've, I've filmed, I've set up the ring, I've ran sound, I've managed the back, I've done all kinds of things. I've pretty much done everything except for wrestle. Gotcha. Manny tried to make me a manager at one point, mm. but I don't usually do good on camera. Yeah. But I don't either. Like, I was the worst manager because I just stood there. Yeah. And he'd be trying to, like, give me pointers, and I'm just like, nope. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I wasn't going to do nothing. I don't want to do anything that's going to get attention, take attention. Because when you're a manager, you have to worry because you have to worry if you're taking attention off the wrestling, then the boys are going to be mad. If you're not doing enough, the promoter's going to get bad. Yeah. And, and it's that's just, it's a weird thing. And the sad thing is, we're around Tommy, who's one of the best. Amazing. Ever do it on Amazing. the independent circuit or maybe ever. And he makes it look so easy. Like, he, it's just, like, it's natural. And I mean, he just flows right off yeah. and it just goes oh, yeah. and goes. And I'm you like, say, no. like, he'll come back and I'll say, Tommy, I loved it. I loved it, everything. And he's just like, yeah, I'm just doing, just doing my thing, Pat. It's cool. And I'm just like, just do you even try? Do you even <laughs> try? Like, you're, it's so effortless. And I, and I love him for it and I hate him for it just because, well, I love it. From where I stand, from my standpoint in PWX, yeah. because I can like put on commentary, and he helped. He's helped groom Dave and Pure. Oh, they're and, great together. And I can put them with Brett in PWX. Well, and I can just drop them wherever I need, and he's excels at everything I ask him to do. See, early days of of my run of XFW with Manny, mm-hmm. because well, before we jump into that, how how did how did you and Manny get together? Um, I knew one of his roommates at the time mm-hmm. through through a mutual friend of mine, and um, like I'd go to the house and I'd see Manny, like I knew who he was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about him doing anything with wrestling. Yeah, I just knew him as the guy that shot music videos, yeah. and you know, very minimal interaction. He'd be like, "Oh, hey, Smalls, what's up?" Like, "Oh, you know, he's downstairs, or you know, he's hanging out upstairs, whatever." Buddy, yeah. I was going to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And one day, I was there with my friend Seth, who I knew back in Arkansas, that was from Charlotte. Yeah, and you know, we all ended up moving here, and. Uh, one one day the guy was like, hey, you know, Mandy's got a wrestling ring in his backyard. Mm. And we're both like, we had no idea. So we ran downstairs and talked to Manny, and mm-hmm. he was just getting ready to restart XWW. Gotcha. And this was end of 2010, beginning of 2011, maybe, something like yeah, that. because I think I started, I started Evo in 2000, September of 2011. Yeah, because our first, or my first show with Manny with XWW was November Mm-hmm. 2011 out at Kate Skate Rink in Indian Trail. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. So you weren't... No, Kate's might have been... I thought he had, like, a little place where he ran. Not the one that he just did. He had a little place that he ran before he went to Kate's. Um, there I know was... he ran... Wait, you weren't with him when he ran Tremont? Oh, oh yeah. yeah okay, yeah, yeah, was yeah, that, that after was... Kate's? Um, we oh, ran, yeah. We that ran was... Kate's off and on from 2011 till 2014 when we stopped the first time. Yeah. Um... Cause I remember, I, I remember, I remember seeing his stuff at Kate's. There was a little before the Tremont days. There was a little venue off of North Tryon. It was just called the Venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember the woman's name who owned it, but I mean, it was ten foot high ceilings. Like oh, we had our God. low boy in there, and like you still like if you're that on might the top be what rope, I've seen. you had to like lean over. And, yeah, uh, it was like it looked like a little like office building, kind of like this. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. but you know, it was like our ring being in this part of the building with the low ceiling instead of in there. I've seen some of his like music videos from that he used to do from shows. Yeah. And I feel like I've seen it in one of the in that place before. Um, 
but yeah, like and it was it was a cool little venue, mm-hmm. like cheap rent. Yeah, and she had she it's always beautiful. had chairs. I mean, we could only fit like fifty people in there. Yeah, but uh, and that's where I met uh, Zane Riley mm-hmm. and uh, Sweet Dreams. Those were the yeah. two first like independent wrestlers I ever met. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, that was like end of twenty eleven, beginning of twenty twelve. Gotcha. And I don't remember how we got in at Tremont. Uh, Zane probably. Probably so, yeah, because like the whole I think music Zane, scene. Zane's there. the one that got us in there. Zane Zane was the hookup for, I mean, this is when Tyshawn owned it. Um, I want to say for Zane was the hookup for Tremont for Neighborhood and for whatever that other place was in Noda Chop Shop. A chop Shop. Funny story about that was. <laughs> Let's hear it, because I don't know anything about it. That's we, when That was when I was on hiatus. Like, our first show at Tremont was April 2012, mm-hmm. and we ran there pretty much the rest of 2012. Mm-hmm. And then May we of 2012, we found a venue, The Chop Shop. Yeah. Off of the, it used to be off 36th and Noda. Mm-hmm. Ran one show there, and a couple months later is when all the hoopla happened with Neighborhood Theater and all of that. Oh, yeah. And uh, next thing— Theater not getting paid? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And— uh, Next thing we know, we're trying to book Chop Shop, and PWX is running in there, and then we're like, what the hell? Okay, you know, fine. We still, we still got Tremont. Yeah. We've got our little venue. We've got Kate Skate Tremont. Rink. It's fine. So uh, end of 2012, beginning mm-hmm. of 2013, yeah. uh, John at Tremont's like, hey, man, PWX is going to start running here. And Manny at that time, I still don't know exactly what happened, but him and Tyshawn did not like each other. It's something Dude, from me, High Spots or something, Dave. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> I, 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 I lied. I, I have been to one XWW show. It was at Tremont, and Tyshawn asked me to go with him. Oh, was where he had Dunk the Clown. No. No? I don't think so. It was we went, and like I, like I, I knew Sweet Dreams from when I first started wrestling. He, he was part of the crew that – like I, the first promotion that I ever wrestled for when I was really green and not good and it was a little shit promotion yeah. and it was what it was. But um, like I knew a few of the guys. I knew Zane. So like Zane came out and we were talking shit to him. Then Manny came out and me and Ty, si, or not me and Ty, si, me and Ty were just like talking shit because we're, because we're wrestlers and we like giving him heat because he wants heat. So we're giving him yeah, heat. Yeah, he's the bad guy. You're supposed and to talk shit to him. so mad. So, <laughs> I mean, this is what I was told. I, he never said anything to me. But apparently he got so mad at Tyshawn, because you know Ty is Ty. Yeah. And uh wanted to fight him. And I was just <laughs> like, I was just this is what I do when I go to wrestling shows. I, it's, I do one of two things. If it's a show that I'm interested in some of the people that I just want to see A, how their production is, B, give them like feedback on how they can improve that I think how I think they can improve their yeah. their like live performance or live show. And see, let me see if I can see a wrestler that interests me. And I, because all it takes is for me to see them do one thing, and I'm like, I can build on that. Yeah, you can take that. Yeah. and run with. Oh, I, I just got an idea. I can build on that. I'm gonna go talk to them and see if they want to come work with us. Not because I'm trying to steal talent, which is what everybody thinks. You just want to help build that talent up. Yeah, I mean, if if I can help someone get better at their craft, like we're we're not gonna sign people and keep them forever. Like we're not gonna sign people to lifetime contracts. I'm not that naive. Some people might yeah. be, but I'm not. No. So I know that. So our, my job is, and my job is not to keep people from working everywhere else, which is another somehow that's gotten out there that we don't want people working for other companies. I could give a shit less who you work well, for. Well, you know how it goes. This person says something, they oh, tell yeah. that person, and then before you know it's switched around to these people hate them, yeah. and it's like, Well, the problem is, no. is <laughs> people, 
at some point in time, which this is this is happening a lot in, in on some cases, because in other cases that are going on, especially right now, like you need to pay attention to what people are saying and yes, stories and for sure, try for to sure. find facts. But at some point in like the the independent wrestling scene in the South, like North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Georgia, uh, may like maybe Alabama, but I don't really know many people in Alabama. No. But it got to a point where what fans said or what fans say is considered truth as opposed to opinion. So a fan would say, well, I think they're doing it like this. And next thing you know, everybody thinks that's the truth. And it's f- the furthest thing from the exactly. truth. Exactly. That's how everybody it's runs an, with it. It's just it. an yep. opinion. It's just like a podcast. Exactly. That's what they think. That's yeah. not what's and really yeah. freaking and going on. And then they on. go out, and then next thing you know, you get a phone call or a text message to say, hey, are you guys doing this? And I'm like, no. Like, the first time why? I've heard of it. Like, Yeah, why would we do that? It makes no sense. Oh, that's what I was thinking, but I just, I've heard it from a few people, and I didn't know. And I'm like, hey, who cares? We don't make a million dollars. We're not worth a million no. dollars. We 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 do well to make tens tens of thousands of dollars a year with the company. We just do it because it's a passion, and we want to we want to align ourselves. I mean, I think the Legend Show, and I'm going to shut up after this because I'm talking too much. Because they want to hear you talk, they don't yeah. hear me talk. <laughs> uh, the Legend Show is the prime example of why me and Brian do this. We want to put ourselves in a position financially, and uh, the partnerships that we've created with bigger companies to be able to put on a show for fans like the legend show of that caliber. Yeah. Of that, caliber. that was just, that was yeah, amazing. Even I don't, I don't care if 300 people would have showed up for that. We gave 300 people the ability to see someone who was going to retire that have might have never had that opportunity before. And that's worth it. Exactly. And people were so excited about that. They got to get their photo ops. They got to yeah. meet him and everybody. Not one person said anything bad about him. Like he wasn't mean oh, or he's rude a, he's to anybody. The most he was just most respectful nicest guy person, you can be. most humble legend I've ever met in my entire life. Which honestly, I wouldn't expect anything less from him, from, from Liger, you know, because oh, yeah. he's just. The funniest story, has, has Brad ever told you the story about right before he walked out? I know he's told it on this podcast Um, about us looking over. And him standing in the in the fog and the lights and looking like a damn Power Ranger. So I, I think I think we've had like that. Like you see the silhouette, and we're just like, yeah, yeah. He could just see the outline of him and I'm coming like, through the smoke. A and picture. <laughs> and uh, Hector still Brad Brad has a picture on his phone. I I think I still have it, but Hector took a picture of it. So I'll, I'll look it up when we finish, and I'll show it. And to I'm you. sure that was a great feeling seeing that. Oh yeah, I mean, that's what this whole show built towards. Oh yeah, and, that was that was one of the most fulfilling from something that we've built. I think I, I want to say the most fulfilling thing I've ever done in wrestling was Hammerstein, like if, like live editing Hammerstein. Oh, I'm sure New, that was amazing for New Japan, and that's just like a. Even if I don't get to do anything else in my life, that's you can say you had that. Yeah, that that's incredible, and it's documented forever because I had my hand on what people watched when they watched that show on New Japan World, but uh, but yeah, outside of that, from us building something, I mean every every PWX show to me is a blessing because. I remember when we did it in front of 25 people. Oh, yes. Like, it with the with the Briscoes on the card and Rhett Titus on the card. And just a handful of people and in the like crowd. And it's 75 like people. Some of the best talent. At this little, and- at this little rec center off Eastway. <laughs> and it's just like, okay. And that's what people don't get is people – I know I said I was going to shut up, but I'm still talking. It's the coffee. But, uh, yeah, the coffee's kicking in. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, people, people are quick to jump on, like, well, Patrick, Patrick's doing this or even, like, Brian's doing this or – even other people that have other promotions that are that are bigger, like 
NWA, like Wildside, which is Anarchy now, which was whatever. Like the the opportunities they, the opportunities they, they've presented to people, as well as the memories that they've created for the fan base of Georgia, are unmatched. But nobody realizes, like nobody knows the journey. Nobody knows how much time we've put in. How like yeah, they, that, they don't see all that. Nobody that we sees carry, the behind we, the scenes, like yeah, that. Like I, I've I've ridden with Jake to New York and put up a ring, filmed a show, broke down a ring, drove back, like ten hours each way. I mean, there were there were times in 2012 where we were running three to four shows a month. That's that's insane. Because you know we'd we'd run Tremont, we'd run mm-hmm. Indian Trail out of Cates, then we did mm-hmm. like we ran Mooresville a few times. We ran Raidsboro, yeah. Belmont, like you know we were trying to just get around and kind of build the name up. I mean, and it was just it was fun, but it was just. I That's got burned out so quick just because oh, yeah. it was so much. Like it was Easy. just like this Friday there's a show, next Friday there's a show, next Saturday there's a show, two weeks later there's another show, and it was just like yeah, it was and, fun, and but it was, it. Just, it was like, too much. Yeah, I get it, and it, but it's you can do that when it's your full time job. When it's not your full time job, that's hard. Well, and I don't know if Manny's gonna like me saying this, but we we never had any sponsors. Yeah, all those shows were us. Yeah, like. You out of his pocket or out of the out of, XWW yeah. pocket. Yeah, out of out of everybody's pockets and yeah. and it was fine. Mm-hmm. But you know But we, it's I mean some people will hear that and they'll say I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you spent your money like that. But like that's that's where it has a start. Well like and it, that's that's how passionate we were about yeah. it. It was like it was like we are going to keep this going we are going to do what we have to do mm-hmm. to keep these shows going and we did and it's your and you have ownership over it like you exactly there's nobody over our head telling yes. us hey you have to pay us this you have to do this because exactly I mean, like you could do everything money. he wanted to do and because mm-hmm. yeah he was paying for it so yeah it, it was it's your money and that's why you're going to put in the time to make it work because that's what everybody said is you got to bet on yourself at some point like at some point, if you want to be super successful, or there you listen to anybody's success story, there's a, there's a point in time where you choose to either jump off the cliff and trust that the, the parachute's on your back, or back up and go back to what you were doing. You know, and that's that's what that's the difference between people that have done cool stuff but now are back, and people that are continuing to live their dream and do cool stuff. Not to downplay anybody. For no, no, doing. no, not at all. Everybody has their not personal choices, and they they they're they're free to do whatever they want to. But if you if you choose that lifestyle, and you want and you want to do what you uh, are, what you feel like you were born to do, and you're passionate about, then some at some point you find that part of your journey where it's very hard. Well, and that's that 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 kills me because I've lost opportunities because I can't walk away from my full time job because I. Don't trust it. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't lose your full time pay and then Mm -hmm. try to rely on this where you know you're not going to make your monthly bills. Yeah, and that's off of running these shows as much fun as they are. As many people come out, you have to be, you have to, you have to be realistic about it. Yes, exactly. And that was one thing when what I really liked about doing it, Mm -hmm. the the wrestling with Manny was, I was one of those. It was so weird. I've liked wrestling for as long as I can remember, Mm -hmm. but I never wanted to be a, a wrestler. I loved watching everything, yeah. but I never wanted, for whatever reason, I wasn't like, I want to be that guy in the ring. I want to be the Jeff Hardy, the Rey Mysterio, the Hulk Hogan. But I loved the business as a whole. Yeah. So it was kind of like fulfilling a childhood dream. Definitely. Being able to tell friends back home and family, it's like, you know, hey, you know, we're I'm running wrestling this. shows yeah. on our own. Like, we're doing our own thing. We're building our own characters. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, we had people that 
have never worked anywhere else except for XWW. Mm -hmm. And and you have some people that started their career with XWW. Yeah. Which is which is another thing to be proudful about as well because you don't know if anybody else would have given them that opportunity to get ring time and start their career. I mean, and... That's the one thing that's overlooked by a major portion of... And there were people, you know, we didn't have a hand in them, you know, their success that they've achieved, but it's cool to say that, you know, we've booked, you know, we've booked, uh, booked Cedric Alexander. Yeah. We've booked Masada. We've yeah. booked Terry, or not Terry. Well, yes, Terry Houston. Terry He's Houston. a great dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, Matt Hardy, Tommy Dreamer. Mm -hmm. Like, it was cool being able to, like... Necro Butcher. Yes. Didn't y'all book Necro? Did y'all book Necro Butcher? Oh, quite a few times, okay. yeah. Okay, yeah. That's incredible, because I love him. Quite a few I times. I love him as a human being. Do not like him as a wrestler, because he is scary as shit. He just... But... Watching this man do, like, 10,000 thumbtack matches barefoot dude, is like, how dude. in the hell... Hey, did you... When, when y'all booked that? him, did you ever sit and talk with him? Oh, all the time. He's it's so it's, smart. It's crazy how smart he is. Like, people would <laughs> like, see him so in the smart. ring, and they're like, this guy looks like a damn hobo. And then you talk to him, and it's like... He's he's very intelligent. He's very book smart. He 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 read a lot. One uh, one of the funniest stories ever, well, to me, is uh, after Ring of Honor was in Charlotte. Uh, this is when I was working with Ring of Honor. Uh, it was a Charlotte show. I don't know if you you might have been in North Carolina. It was at the Metrolina Expo, and the main event was a cage match, which was Sting and Generico versus that, Re I think All Night Express. Was that twenty ten? Maybe. I might have been here for that. Well, yeah, possibly. Because I, I I get my years. I'm horrible on dates. Same. <laughs> um, it was, uh, I don't know. But uh, I was leaving. It's like 1130 at night. It was it was when, did you go, when did you start going to PWX shows? Did you ever go to PWX shows at uh, Neighborhood? I did. And I have a funny story about that. Did you go to the Steen Hardy show? To, yes. So I filmed... The Matt Hardy Kevin Steen interaction that we put on PWX YouTube uh, after that show because Matt was Matt had come in just to film that nice okay and uh, and after all that well, it was like eleven forty five and I was leaving and uh, I got in my car and flipped the lights on and uh, like when I flipped the lights on it was Necro uh, Nana Hunter. And somebody else, like partaking in something, and they just like deer in headlights. Like, oh god, we got caught. Look at me, <laughs> and I was just like, sorry. And I go to back out, and Necro goes, <laughs> <laughs> "That's it, that's just, it." Hey, and I just, I, dude, I laughed about that the entire way home. Like, just, and then just goes back to doing what they're doing. Yeah, we. So uh, funny. We booked him a few times, and he was always Super great. Nice guy, yeah. His online presence recently hasn't been so great, but I don't want to get into political stuff. I don't like I don't talking pay, all that. I don't pay attention to online stuff. Yeah, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, but um, I don't think anybody's online presence is doing very well right now. No, it's really not. <laughs> like, it's crazy, and I don't like I don't I don't want to turn this into a political podcast, but it's uh when with like I, I've made my stuff known, and I think you have too online about the Black Lives Matter movement. And we support sure. that. And and if 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 anybody's in the Charlotte area and you haven't got a chance to go see that the mural they painted on the road, it's amazing. I haven't yet. I really need to like I've seen the picture of it, but I haven't actually been uptown yet to actually see it. It's amazing. And I respect it. Like I I, I shouldn't say I respect I do respect it. I admire it from two different angles. I admire it because I love the gesture and the permanent nature of what they did to remind people. But I'm also an artist. 
So like you, so go you to, can appreciate oh, every letter look at it and I'm like people and amazing. one thing I've never been able to do is paint with my hands and to go down there and look at it and just look at the de- like you can in, in pictures it's amazing but when you go down there and see it in person see it zoomed in, see, see yeah, the words that are with written your own and eyes, and, yeah yes. and you see the detail and you're just like man these it's amazing that we got such talented people with such good heads on their shoulders to be able to do yes, something like it's, that it's amazing but with the speaking out thing I'm like I was talking to one of my friends about this that are in the wrestling business and like I feel part of me feels terrible about it because like I don't, if you've been in wrestling for longer than five years, you've heard stories just like in anything you've heard stories, not, not necessarily the stories that are being told, but like hints at like, Oh, this guy's a little creepy. Yeah. Like this, he guy, said this guy's been weird. Me. This guy runs his mouth way too much and this and that. And you've always been like, we'll just tell him to shut up. And you never like took the initiative to say, hold on. Now, do you need some help with something? Is there something going on that you need to make me and aware of? And I feel of? bad about that because like, I feel like, and it's not that you know nobody cares. It's yeah. just, you know, we're just trying to be like, you know, because yeah, a lot of people are so afraid off. to like make it a big deal because they don't want to get blacklisted. They don't yeah, want to get, exactly. you know, they don't want to ruin their opportunity, which is so crazy that somebody it's, has to silence themselves so they don't get Exactly. Their opportunity to ruin. I it's agree like 100%. that is the like that just blows my mind. It's, it's, I understand. I get that fear though, but it just sucks that that that's the people that that's how it is. It's it's like I didn't say anything because I didn't want to lose my opportunity, and it's that's like incredible. Man. I mean, I I get uh, it. I, okay. I get it because I've been I've been in a position when I was a wrestler that you don't want you want to bite your tongue. So yeah, you, you don't, don't want to step on toes because you never that the problem is is in a in a career like professional wrestling or acting or musician or anything like that, you never know when your opportunity is going to come. So there's always that, like, there's always that little piece of your mind that's saying like, well, what if, what if I do this and the gig that this person was going to get me the next time is the gig that somebody from Nashville is going to see me and that's going to be my record deal. And what if I put this into motion? That's what we've trained our brains to think as like performers or self-employed actors, performers, singers, wrestlers, uh, is that we are so sold on – we've gotten out of the mindset of if it's going to happen for – like I have a journey that's already – like if you believe in God, if you believe in that your journey is already paved, it's just a matter of you walking the road. Yeah. Like my journey is already laid out for me if – if I'm supposed to be successful in doing this, I will get to that destination. My decisions might alter the timetable of when I get to that destination, but ultimately, but, but I'll get there. If I keep, if I keep I'll, going, I'm going to get exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. Ultimately, I'll get to that destination. People forget about that, and they take like hum, like the human mind takes humanity into it and says, "Well, if I make this person mad, this person might be my door." to here. Yeah, and they're going to tell the next person and about it. The and they're not going to want to they're not going to want to mess me with what me. What it ruins my but and it's yeah, I agree with you 100%. It's sad that that's where our mind works and we need to get out of that nature. Like out of that mindset, it's just a matter of like trusting like not not really like trusting people's when somebody comes to you with something, first off, make it a point to make people aware that if there is ever any issue any issues Male, female, when if it comes to your sexuality, if it comes to race, in any platform, in any setting that you have any power over or that you can be of some assistance to eliminate it, 
like people need to be comfortable with bringing it to your attention. Yes. Yeah. Don't don't be afraid about somebody. Yeah. You know, and and like and I've seen some of these promotions mm-hmm. that are you know they're trying to like have their people not speak about the Black Lives Matter movement and yeah. like you know you might get unbooked and it's like I would never unbook somebody for speaking their hmm. mind like that hmm. like please that's something that needs to be told people need to speak out about you know the abuse the abuse of power even not necessarily even like you know physical or mental abuse but you know the abuse of power people yeah. being in positions and trying to force people into things because it's like well I'm, I book for this company, and if you want to, you know, work here, you're gonna yeah. do what I. You're gonna do what I say, and yeah. it's like, no, like call these people out, let yeah. these people know. It's, I've never what's been going one on. to, like, I'll I'll openly say it because I think me and Brian have openly said it online. Is like me and Brian dropped the ball in pre- in presenting our stance on the Black Lives Movement uh, matter from a PWX standpoint, and like I, I don't make excuses. We dropped the ball. We should have put our put our our uh, our opinion out there, or where we stand out, because you have that platform. Early. Well, you have and the, I agree. The exposure when, and when we got uh, some kickback because we haven't, I immediately understood where where they were coming from, and I immediately understood because we've always presented ourselves as a very uh, like on the forefront of standing up for yes, people, standing up for everybody's for actions, whether you're like religion, people's race, race, creed, people's, yes, people's sex. Uh, sexual orientation, like, listen, we just want you to be happy. We want you to be happy and be comfortable when you come to our shows. We want our talent to not have to fear anything of that nature, whether it be, whether it be their sexuality, whether it be their race, that none of that, none of that matters to us because ultimately the, where I stand on it, I can, I can speak from a company standpoint in a sense of we've, where we got where we kind of got lost in the shuffle of making our stance known is like we we have made that statement pre, like pretty standard and official for the past 2 years 3 years oh, yes. that we do not we don't deter we like we don't put up with any racial stuff we don't put up with any uh like you throwing any words out towards um Towards like uh, lesbian or the LGBTQ plus community, yeah, no, no, like we, no slurs yeah, towards anybody. You, we've made like, a stance on it from to our fan base. Yes, that if at any point in time, at any of our events, or on social media, or on our website, or at any time, there PWX is associated with anything. If you cross that barrier, cross that line, you are not welcome here anymore. You will be escorted out, and you are not because be wrestling back. is for everyone. Yes, no matter where you come from. Yes. It should be a safe place. You shouldn't have to worry about exactly. we, expressing yourself and being who you are. Exactly. We spend thousands and thousands of dollars a month to present a place that you can come and forget about the worries of the world. Forget about everything that's going on outside these doors mm-hmm. and just let's have a party. Let's have fun. That's why that's why we've pushed that we're that's why we I, I shouldn't say we push. We feel like us and our fan bases are a big family. Because I, I'm on show days, I'm not the most social person on the face of the earth. Just because I have ten no, million and things, that's, I have ten million things going through my head. But I have made it a point to try to say hello to people. Yes, and like, I you know, people say hello to me. I love when people say, "Hey, Patrick. Hey, how are you doing? And, Good." And, and you know, and sometimes you know you don't have time to stop and talk yeah. to people. Like, "Hey, how you doing?" I know how yeah. that is, and that's why I always love messing with Brian every oh, show day. Yeah, I'm I like, I'm like, "Hey, you look stressed," and he just. <laughs> I was like, you know, I love you, but I just got to mess with oh, you because yeah. I've, I've been there. I, I know that stress of 
you know, the, the ring showed up late. You got to open yeah. doors in an hour and you still got to set up a whole ring and mm -hmm. 150 chairs and you got three people helping set up the ring. Definitely. And, and like I said, yeah. I've never wrestled and I've set up, I've set up and torn down a ring yeah. more times than I can count. Yeah. To where you can do it in your sleep. Yeah. Like I know exactly where it goes. It's like, yeah. all right. It's, it's just like, it's just going through the motions. It's muscle memory. And I tell you, one of the things I've done with wrestling, I always hated, I hated filming and not oh, necessarily wow. hated it, but I was really bad about, I'd start looking. Uh, well, y'all filmed with DSLRs too, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. But, well, I mean, like it would start out well and I'm like looking at everything, but then I'd find myself watching the match. So we'd yeah. go back and watch the footage and I'd be like showing the apron or you'd see their feet and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> so like Manny's added in the footage. He's like, well, damn it. Got to cut that yeah, out. Exactly. There was. The, um, <laughs> that's one like good thing or but bad thing about filming is I learned when I, I want to say is when I worked with Ring of Honor. And it might have been somebody who remained nameless because of certain accusations that just came out. Uh, told me like when when you're filming something, I guess of this caliber is the way he said it. Like live through the lens. Yeah, which, you can't take your eyes off of that. Yeah, if you take your so, eyes off of it, you're going to miss that opportunity. Exactly. So you have to be aware of your surroundings, but you need to live like you're watching TV through the lens and forget that this is going on right in front of you. And like I've taken that, that's why that's how I kind of taught Dutch. Like you have to live through the lens. When when we got Cody and Chicken and all them, they were seasoned at wrestling, filming wrestling already. They'd already been doing that, so yeah. they, they knew so what I to, didn't do, have to do, what anything, to look for. But like yeah. I kind of I kind of brought Dutch in because he was looking for something to do, and he he likes doing. He went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, and he likes filming. So me and him were friends, and we did uh, the Cane Punch comedy stuff. And that's how he kind of came into the picture. And now, like, look at the opportunities he's had. Me yeah, I mean, yeah, he's filmed it. for... Yeah, he's filmed for so many people and yeah, so many opportunities, awesome. and I'm glad he's gotten those. But, yeah, that's the hardest thing is learning how to live through the through the three-by-three. Three yeah, because I, like, I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's... uh, Yeah, I mean, and you get... Like, you get lost in it, too, because you'll film... Like, I remember I was in New York one time for NEW, and I filmed a show with uh, Terry Funk and Jerry King Lawler wrestled in like an I quit match or something yeah. like that. And like, I didn't even get to enjoy the moment of like Terry Funk, Jerry the King Lawler. Cause you're having to focus on what you're yeah, doing. Because so, like, you I'm could... so in depth of like, I want to make this look good. I want to make this look yeah, good. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to miss anything. You and want Terry it to look Funk great. chased me with a chair for like, <laughs> uh, like two full laps around the ring. Like to the point where I was so blown up that I was, I was like, I'm just gonna let him hit me. You can just, just take me out. Let me rest. I'm just gonna for a let minute. him hit me and sell it, and because I don't feel like running anymore. <laughs> but he finally just he threw it and hit my leg, and then got in the back of the ring. And I was like, "Was this like? Did somebody? Is this? Is he ribbing me? I assume sure he was, but I was like, it was you this didn't planned? know. You're like, what? Man? No, I had no idea. <laughs> that same show, Bret Hart was there, and this is one of my favorite stories. And it was the main event. It was two tag team partners that didn't like each other that were gonna have like their blow off match, and uh. One of them looks at Bret Hart, who's supposed to be the enforcer of the thing. He's sitting down at the chair, looking up with his leather jacket on and his shirt. And the guy <laughs> looks at him and goes, and I pan over Bret Hart, who's sitting there. And Bret Hart looks dead in the camera and goes, what the fuck are you filming me for? And points. They're like, oh. And I was like, my bad. Let me go. <laughs> yeah. Needless to say, though, I didn't film much Just longer like two shows yeah <laughs> well there was one show we were it was either 
Belmont or Wadesboro in one of the mm-hmm. armories. Yeah. And there was like a rumble match. There was like 10 people out there. Oh, it's, you're not going to And people are, anyway. yeah. And I'm trying, man. He's like, get in there and get what you can. I was like, all right. No. People, and I wasn't thinking about like, this is the audio that he's going to use on the show. Yeah. And I'm cussing. I'm like, if these motherfuckers don't get out of my Did way, you know, I you swear two to God. Or just that one? Oh, uh, we had the hard cam and then like oh, the one roaming the cam. cam. Audio. And, uh, <laughs> But like, cause that was usually the audio that he used, and we went, you know, after every show, we'd always go back to the house and mm-hmm. put it on the put it on the TV and watch it while we sat there and hung out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just, we we laughed the whole time because I'm just cussing this whole battle royal. I'm just like, if these fucking people don't get out of my <laughs> way, I'm gonna start kicking them. Like, what's the name this. of that show? Because I'm gonna shoot Manny a message and see if I can get like a DVD. Gosh, I don't even remember. It's on God, it it might be on our uh, might be on our YouTube page. Okay. I'll look it up. We got we got a few of our shows on there. I think I've seen a few clips of, like I, I like I know our death match that we ran is on there. Death mm-hmm. of the Queen. I think the show that we had the Bear to Live match with Tommy. You're not Bear to Live match with Tommy Dreamer. A casket match. We gave Tommy Dreamer his first casket match. Really? That he ever had. Yep. XWW. Did he win? Yeah. Oh God, that'd have been amazing if he got there and I, you said, uh, Tommy, we're gonna need you to go in the casket. We're trying to put this that, kid over that show and. Oh, you got a good story. Rest in peace show? to Matt Osborne, Doink the Clown. Yeah. But <laughs> we're at Tremont. We're waiting for everybody to get there. Look, we had a we had Reed Flair at the time. That was the show. We yeah. booked Cedric. We had Tommy Dreamer. It was nice. a it was yeah. a big, big show. A roster, and that was the that was the month after we had just booked Matt Hardy mm-hmm. versus a big country. I remember when you guys promoted Matt Hardy for like two and, months, uh, right? Yeah. Before he came. Yeah. yeah. And uh just because, you know, we wanted to get all that money's back that we booked on yeah. him, you know. Oh yeah. But um so we're out in the park, and you've been to Tremont. You know they had that gravel parking lot to the side. We're mm-hmm. all sitting out there. You know the show hasn't started. This little gray SUV pulls in and is like, does a donut in the parking lot, and it's Matt Osborne. Just gone. Just like woo, and we're like, what the fuck? So he gets out of the car. Now did he drive? So he drove in. Yeah. Where's he from? Um, I don't really remember. Huh. But uh. I think he like drove to somebody's house and then they drove him down oh, okay. or something. But he was like he was the one driving, and they pull into the parking lot and he does a big old donut and he's like, "Hey everybody, what's going on?" Mm-hmm. And he gets out. There was, I guess, I don't, I don't really know the whole story, but I guess like back in the day there was some like real heat between him and Ric Flair. Uh, well, he found out we had Reed Flair, R.I.P. Yeah, booked on the show. Yeah, and Reed was out out in the parking lot with us, just hanging out, and goes back I inside. Think I heard about this and. But keep telling stories. So he goes, so, you know, we go, we go back inside, and, you know, we have the ring set up and everybody's kind of getting the ring time in before the mm-hmm. show starts. And Matt Osborne comes in and starts hollering at Reed. And he's mm-hmm. like, hey, come here, come here. You peed on my car. And we're like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? He's like, he just pissed on my car. He's like, no, he didn't. <laughs> so, so Reed gets out of the ring and comes to, because, you know, we had the guardrail set up and everything. Yeah. So he comes over there and he grabs Reed. And we're like, what the hell? And like Sweet Dreams is in the middle of it. My mm-hmm. buddy Seth like tried to like come up behind him and like put his arms around his shoulders, but he said he was too stout. Yeah. And he just kind of like punched him in the head. But like Reed? they were Yeah, no, punched uh Matt Reed Osborne. Punched, okay. Yeah. No, no, Rightfully so. Yeah, Seth punched Matt Osborne because we couldn't get him off a of read. And we're like, what the hell? What the hell? Tremont tried to tell him to ban him off the property. And we're like, listen, we've already paid this guy. Yeah. We'll just keep him out in the parking lot. As soon as his match is over, he's gone. He needs, he's gotta leave. Yeah. But this is all happening like in front of fans. There's no this. Oh, okay. Is, thankfully, before the show start, but like they're struggling back and forth, back and forth, and yeah. we're like, "Get off of him! What are you doing? What are you doing?" He's Wild. being pulled and slapped around, and Reed's like, "I'm gonna get you." Here yeah, comes Reed, Manny. Reed didn't have a short temper. Here comes Manny walking by with Tommy Dreamer, and they look in, and I'm like, "Hey!" And then they kept going. I was like, 
great. This is what Tommy Dreamer's walking into is just I'll complete chaos. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy's a good dude. Me and Tommy got into it at one of the WrestleCon shows one time. And he seems like he kind of be that type. Like he's probably a cool dude, but he, I'm sure he's, yeah, he's very short tempered. Yeah. Well, he's, I mean, he's serious. He understood like me and him just had a stance and we both stood our ground, which I think ultimately he respected that I stood my ground to him. Yeah. And now every time I ever see him, which is usually a Russell con or like we booked him in Shelby. Uh, and he's probably cool with, you know, like, Hey, you know how you doing? Oh yeah. Pat? When every time I you see know? him, he's yeah. like, Hey Pat, how you doing buddy? And like, <laughs> I, I did, I love him to death now. Um, let's talk like we got about 13 minutes. The transition from, which I know you still, like, you still do some XWW stuff when they do it. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, we, um, we started back last year. We got about four shows in, mm -hmm. and then somebody reported us to the city of Monroe for not being, not having, not, like, the permits to actually run the show because, like, we're not permitted to run, live events. like, like, live events. So Manny oh, had, such Manny a spent months and months and all kinds of money getting, getting that taken care of. Yeah. And then this COVID crap happened oh, yeah. Yeah. and i don't mean crap i'm not downplaying it but but yeah this it, covid it, stuff it, it happened ruined a lot of plans yeah because like you know we had he had struck a, not like a deal but you know he talked about fight tv about getting some of our content put up there yeah. all of this you know we had a lot of things going on mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like nope we can't run anymore oh, yeah so the ring's still set up out there just Is we it? can't do anything can't with do it shows the uh it's like here yeah it's set <laughs> up we can't do nothing yeah the <laughs> um what like one thing i've had the hardest transition transition to is like if i go to a show, it's getting back into the fan mindset. Like, do you have a hard time of transitioning I've, your I, mind back to the fan, or did you never really leave the fan fandom? Of no, I definitely did, because, like, there's some shows I, go, I nitpick too much, because mm -hmm. I'm like, no, nah, that shouldn't be like that. Then I'm like, I need to enjoy the show. I yeah. have to tell myself, like, enjoy the product. It's not yours. Yeah. Don't get mad about it. Don't be Exactly. One of my biggest things, I'll go to a show and like the referees like stand in front of the hard cam. I'm like, dude, like somebody's tell him to move. Yeah. Like get out of here. Like yeah. what are you doing right there? And like, that's the hardest thing for me is even like, even like WrestleMania is, is I'll just start nitpicking things, which I have no right to do at all. Yeah, <laughs> at, no. all <laughs> at all. That uh, like, and I just can't, I think the only show that I've ever just let it go and became a fan was WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans. Like when Daniel Bryan won the title. That was a good one, yeah. And it was just like, that. that's the closest I've been to a fan since I got into wrestling. And I, I just, like I know, like I see you, um, let me see, your whole crew. What's his, what's, what's his name? Oh, God, I'm a, he's going to hate me because I forgot his name. Um, the designer. Andrew. Oh, Andrew, yeah, 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 yeah. You, Andrew... Uh, the girl that comes with you guys are Amanda. Once in a while. Amanda, yeah. like uh, Seth, uh, Bobby, like I see Chad. I see all these people like just are like one hundred percent like all emotions in on what's going on at pure shows at PWX shows. Oh yeah, I'm all like, I'm whenever, all about and it, I, and I and I love that about like our hardcores that just love the product. Yeah, because I've because been coming to PWX for a long time. I know. Well, and it's... And how long? Um, I've been coming steady since about 2014. Oh, I didn't know it was 2015. that long. I thought it was like 2017. Um, when, was, when did y'all do the first Too Close for Comfort out in Hickory? Oh, uh, 2016, I believe. Was that 16? Maybe. Might have been earlier than that. I think it was 15, because 15... Might have been 15. 2015 was the first X16, right? As well, mm, twenty sixteen. My years are all messed up so because this was the fourth. 
Got you. Okay. I believe. Because it was Ethan, Anthony, Drake, Slim. Yeah. Are the winners. No, this is the fifth. So you're right. It was the fifth. Yeah, 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 yeah. So 2015. That's when I started coming like steady because that was the year that, 2014. That was the year is we when, did t- Too Close for Comfort, right? The yeah. first year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Out in Hickory. Yeah. Like that little. That show was great because it had a. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa, Dalton Castle, yeah. and uh, um, Matt Saddell. Um, Chuck Taylor. Chuck E. T. Yeah. And Chuck E. T. and Tommaso were the boys yeah. for Dalton when he came out. Yeah. And it was a great little fan moment there. But that uh, was that was a show, a prime show of how you don't make your money back. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun show, but no, oh, I get it. Was. It. it was I, it. I remember the story behind that show was we were gonna do the armory in Hickory. Which I love the armory. That, that's one of my that yeah. and Gastonia. I love those armories. Yes, yeah. Gastonia. I've had so much history with Gastonia even before I worked for PWX. But uh, I love the. I just love the setup and the like. It, I feel like Gastonia is just a nice armory. It it, it is, and uh, it's easy to get to off of eighty five. But uh, that Hickory Army, I love that big flag in the background. Yes, it, it makes oh. for a good hard cam yes, shot. Yes, and. Uh, but we were going to do the armory, and then something happened where they got deployed, so we couldn't do the armory. So, I think I remember hearing that, like, yeah, they they had to use it to like house some I mean, people. We hadn't before. announced the show yet, yeah. But that was we had like a, the kind of like three or four months of venues laid out, and we knew the date. And me and Brian talked, and we're we're not too keen on changing dates after we. I mean, we've had to the last, but like, but I mean, year you know, y'all, half, y'all have but, already got hotels and flights and everything yeah. booked. So, you know, you and it's, it's hard to move all of that exactly. And we. We were talking to a few venues in Hickory, trying to keep it in Hickory because we don't. I don't really like. We might have to remove Rise of a Champion just because of the Armory situation in COVID uh, this coming year. Whenever we're able to do it, yeah. But uh, I remember like finding that place and it being like a wedding place. I, it was small. And it was way. It looked way too nice in there for a wrestling and show. The, and they gave us the number, <laughs> and we could make that work. And. We were like, it's going to be tight, like really tight. And the original idea was to do standing room only. And But Brian, you know how Brian is with chairs. Yeah, he, he always wants his chairs. Yeah, like They were packed the in there, too. The original idea was what happened at Two Close for Comfort here. We didn't oh, with, with, with the fest. Yes. Yeah, where it was. Yeah. And, that, and that worked standing, great. It was fun. It that was just great. hot. Super hot. <laughs> yeah, no. But uh, uh, Hickory was funny because like Andrew and I sat in the back row. That mm-hmm. was the first show Andrew and I ever like. Like that's what kind of started our friendship. Oh, really? See, but, that's what uh, I love to hear. I love people that met at PWX and like, have become good friends. Like we it. met through like a Facebook group, uh-huh. but you know, you know, we talk here. It's like, hey, how you doing? But yeah. like that was the first one. It was like nobody else wanted to go. Yeah. So it was just me and him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember we were going to sit front row, but like you could literally just stick your leg out and be in the ring, and it was yeah. like I remember Let's we sit posted, in the back a little we bit. We were trying to get knocked out. <laughs> we posted a picture where like your knee was like a foot from. the Yeah, ring. it was like this close, and it was like let's sit in the back. You know, and I get think a better that view. was that was the first. Match between Ciampa and Henry, right? There's so many stories. I want to say that was that was also the show that the Bravados came back. Bravados didn't. Jake Manning came back at the very end. I thought the Bravados did because they were talking about burning this motherfucker down. That wasn't that. That wasn't that too close for no. comfort. I don't think. I don't. There's been so many shows between now and then. Oh, I, I know. Don't, I, I can't keep up with them. I do remember. I remember uh, the boys. And Dalton and Ethan, uh, because I know the matches I know from that were the main event was Cedric and Sidell. Um, somehow at the end of it, the reason I remember it's because the I had just talked Jake into coming back, and the crazy thing is, so people that say that we don't plan, the agreement 
when for Jake to come back was that we build to war games. Yeah. And this at uh at X sixteen the first year is when we set up the experience. Which was Corey, John, Adam, and Gunner. Yes, yeah, that is right. Yep. And uh so we came up with the idea that I would try to eliminate Zane because Caleb wasn't there. Cause it was Zane versus Chucky e. T. Because uh, Caleb had another booking. And uh, somehow we got to the very end, we got to where John and John and Corey were holding, or John and Adam or John and Corey were holding Zane. And I was saying, we have to eliminate you from this whole thing. And Jake came And that's through, when Jake popped and Jake out. Came through and, the crowd. Okay. And uh, that was, that was like, that was the start of the push to Rise of a Champion. I think the next year where we did uh, War Games. Gotcha. But yeah, but yeah. when it, when I talked when I after the big falling out between Caleb and Jake and Zane and Brian, when I talked him into coming back, we had all put together the idea of let's build two war games. Yeah, like the first time we've ever done war games, and that was great too. That was that was the uh, what the funniest thing about that show was. We got there, and Mike, have you ever met Mike Don's High Spots? Oh, a few times, yeah. So. Me and Mike, Mike is one of my best friends, like in wrestling. Uh, and he's given me so many opportunities. He's like, he's almost like a mentor to me. We get in there and we're, we had to switch the thing to Johnson C. Smith University, which I loved the way it looked at Johnson C. Smith. And, uh, because it was on that basketball oh, court yeah, with, the, with the bleachers mm-hmm. and everything. It was beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think Real that nice. hurt to draw a little bit, but it was still a good house. And, uh, we're doing the run through of setting up the cage. And Mike goes, uh, hey, have you guys tested the heights of the cages? And I was like, no, shouldn't it be the same height? He's like, nope, this is going to look like trash. And oh, just God. walks off. And I was like, <laughs> like, oh, great. Well, I guess what? we have to figure Mike, this out now. <laughs> Mike. And I'm like, Mike, what? And it ended up working out. And it was fun. Good. Like that was every time we'd like, we've done two war games. And every time after the first one, I said, we're never doing this again because it's so stressful. There's a lot to it. And because you got to have the two rings. What's crazy is I had like, I was, I feel like I was booking at that time. Or a major part of it, and I had no like no say in that match. Like, I, not not that I didn't have any say. I just didn't talk to them. Like, we knew who was going to go over, and they like just they, let them figure it out. Just, just like they right, figured this out. This is yours did to figure it. out. And go I, out that, there and do it. The way they set up so many so many things in that match was so beautiful. And I like there's a few there's like matches that you can point to that you can point to all the people involved and tell how you can tell like from the influence of like of course Zane Zane Caleb Jake. The bravados, yeah. Like you, you could see Carino's input on it. You have John Corey, Gunner Adam, like just a, a just CW was in it. Like you have just a such a array of incredible talent. Funny little tidbit about that show. That's when we were still sitting front row all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Steve Carino was out there, and I was talking crap to him, and he oh, looked yeah. and he popped John Moses on this because he looked right at me. It was like stand up when you talk to me. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what to say back to that. I can't say anything <laughs> back to best, that. Man. Just like he's the best. I remember a uh, neighborhood theater one time. He made a he made a kid cry. Oh, I'm sure. I forget what he said, but uh, when he wrestled, was it when he wrestled that yeah, one I, time? I, I think so. I just remember he was you know he was just cutting going on the mic, talking crap to people. This kid was like hulking up in the front row, was crying, he was so mad. It was mm-hmm. like, like this kid wants to like physically hurt you right now. <laughs> yeah, I love it. But, the Carino's the, the best. But no, I used to go to, uh, uh, P- I started going to PWX shows mm-hmm. end of 2011, beginning of 2012. I went to like a handful of them with yeah. a buddy of mine, Eric. 
Because I was trying, because like there was all the tension between Tyshawn yeah. and Manny yeah. from all of that. And I was trying to like, I don't know if Manny knows this or not, but I used to go to those shows to try to help like bridge that gap. Yeah. Because, you know, I got in, like, I got in good with Tyshawn. It was yeah. just trying to be like, hey, this and this. Hey, yeah. And then the, be the voice of reason. Well, because at the, and at the time with XBW, we had, we had uh, Tommy Thomas and Craig Veltry as our commentators, uh-huh. which was a fantastic team. Yeah. And then uh, Corky Franks, which is one of the oh, best yeah. people I've ever he, met, yes. was our commentator. Yeah. And at the time, he had started working for PWX a little bit. Yeah. Because I remember he came to me one time telling me, because this is when you were still doing Evo, mm-hmm. and you had talked to him about trying to get Manny, like, you know, you wanted to bring Manny in mm-hmm. for like a match or something. Mm-hmm. And of course, Manny was like, nah, I ain't doing anything like that. Because he thought we were involved. Yeah. <laughs> So like I was I was going to the shows to try to like yeah. bridge that gap and then Tyshawn talked he's like you run sound for XBW right I was like yes yeah, sometimes he's like here run run sound tonight for Matt Hardy versus Kevin Steen and I'm like oh did you run sound for that show yeah oh at neighborhood theater and I'm like 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 this is like this is this like is you know I'm running like you know I'm running shows you know for indie guys I'm running stuff for indie guys this is freaking Kevin Steen yeah and you know and everybody knows Matt Hardy but I'm like yeah. you know Kevin Steen at the time was the hottest was commodity. the hottest mm-hmm. indie wrestler at the time yeah and I was so nervous I was like man I'm gonna mess up or something had like, that big ass screen and then I'm like <laughs> and then I'm like man he's gonna find out and be so pissed off at me because I was supposed to be here to like just as a fan yeah. and then like. That's the way it goes. That was the. That's how was, Brad got on. Yeah, there was one of those shows when um, Jake Manning like almost dislocated my thumb. I forget who he was having a match with, but like we were sitting second row, and mm-hmm. somebody Irish whipped him into the chairs, and we didn't have time to move, so he yeah. fell like into us. And my, I was trying to grab the chair, and my finger popped, and I'm like, uh, ow. And Jake looked at you like, Are you okay? He I don't, I don't, I don't even think he said anything. Oh, he was okay. just like, hey, sorry. sorry I love sorry. Jake because every time he like bumps and he hit, takes somebody out. He always like looks yeah, at good? him, puts his hand on their thigh, <laughs> and then just goes right back into All it. Right. It's great. <laughs> the uh, I'm trying to think what we can close with. Um, when are you are you looking forward to wrestling coming back? I am. I really what have am. you? Well, let's let's end with this. What have you done to occupy your time during quarantine? I've been getting into more podcasts. And I've nice. been gaming a lot more. Like I'm not yeah. a big time video gamer. Like I do every now and then. But like yeah. I've been, I've been playing a lot more NHL 20. Mm-hmm. You are you a PlayStation or Xbox guy? PlayStation, Come all on. day, Come on. all day long. You can get a PS5. Probably. What? I didn't even get a PS4 till a year ago. Oh really? I just yeah, now see, got a I PS4. I still have an Xbox 360. I still have my PS2. Do you? I have a two, a three, and a four. Sai has a PS3. <laughs> But uh, I have I, the old yeah, school people, big body friends, PS3. My friend picks on my all my friends pick on me because they'll come over and like if I want to watch Plex or something, I'll do it on my Xbox 360. And they're just like, "You, why don't you have Xbox One?" Dutch is on me all the time. But you're not a video gamer like no, that. There's no I reason to for you to I update. This yeah, I just don't. I don't like, have time to do anything with everything like, else going on. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I was a gamer because they look like there's some amazing games out there. And I wish, like, I wish I could get signed the gaming just because I think he's like his mind is made for that world. Like he plays Minecraft and builds yeah. stuff like get ridiculous. A, get stuff. him a Switch. Get him into like the Mario and Pokemon games. Those are that always fun. That. that might be something good for Santa Claus to bring him. But yeah. But all right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming in. Yes, sir. Thank you, you for having me. You got a free iced coffee about it. Yeah, I appreciate the coffee, by the way. But it's yeah. Good. Thank you, bud. <laughs> yes, appreciate sir. You, Johnny. Smalls. I should just call Johnny you Smalls. Johnny Smalls. I'm wearing my Johnny. small shirt. He's Smalls. I am Smalls. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday special podcast. Find all of our old episodes at Tuesdayspecials.com.
Alright, thank you.